Welcome into another edition of Victor's Valiant. I am your host today, Trevor Woods. You can find me on Twitter at Woods Football with my co-host of Maze and Brew, Von Lazan. Von, where can they find you on Twitter? You guys can follow me at Vaughn underscore Lozon. All right, and today we have a random, randomly awesome, not just all right, all right, all right. We got a randomly awesome, awesome podcast for you. We're going to be talking about badasses, but badasses in a specific profession, in a specific niche in a profession. We're talking about the toughest college football coaches. And we're going to talk about a couple of college basketball coaches who might duke it out someday. We'll see. But without further ado, we're going to get into it. And there's some tough guys. There's some former football players. There's some former guys with some martial arts experience, some military experience. You name it. There's some other coaches who just like cheeseburgers and had desk jobs before they became head coaches. But uh, we're not going to talk about those guys because they're lame. They might be good coaches, but they're lame. But Fun. What do you think, man? Give me, give me a. I know you have a few, but we don't gotta rank them. But give me one of your tough, tough coaches. Yeah. Um. I I think the the, the guy that comes to mind when you say tough coach is uh, Ed Orgeron from LSU. The dude is just uh, you know the the dude's a bigger guy. Don't get me wrong, but underneath all that. Fluff, I think, is uh, 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 just a, a huge source of muscle, and I feel like, uh, I, like I, I don't know his background by any means. I don't know if he's been in the military or, you know, anything like that. But he he just looks like a a ball of muscle, kind of like uh, 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 what's the uh, running back for uh, Tampa Bay or used to be Tampa Bay, Doug Martin. They call him Muscle Hamster. I I feel like that would kind of be Ed Orgeron, just a uh, a middle-aged version of Muscle Hamster. So um, I would definitely go with, with him being one of them. I think an underrated pick uh, would be P.J. Fleck over at Minnesota. He's a younger guy. He's super energetic. He's like the Energizer Bunny. Um, you know, runs from uh, uh, the end of the field to the other end of the field at the end of every quarter uh, with his teams to get them pumped up, motivated, get the blood flowing. Um, I wouldn't want to pick a fight with him in a bar. Uh, I, I feel like he would be uh, one of those guys that you just want to stay away from. And and he's actually, like, kind of ripped, you know, for, for like, being a skinnier, uh, a kind of a shorter guy. He's kind of ripped. So um, I, I feel like he would be pretty tough. Um, you know, just the way that he speaks of doing things. And just the actions that he takes, I feel like he would be um, a, a pretty tough dude. Who who would your couple picks be, Trevor? Well, I got to say something about LSU's coach, Ed Orgeron. You hit the nail on the head, and you also said you didn't know a whole lot about his background. Well, guess what, Vaughn? I got something for you. And well done. Well done, but yeah, this is an old boy. This The, the, the cat's out of the bag now. Pandora's out of the box, and it's not coming back in. Uh, Ed Orgeron, he's gotten a couple bar fights before. In 1992, he was arrested. Oh, no way. Yes, way. He was arrested. He headbutted the bar manager and was charged with second-degree battery, which is a felony. The police said he was highly intoxicated, 
and he probably disagreed with the bar manager on his football schematics. I don't know. The charges ended up being dropped, but yeah, the bar manager's injuries were deemed serious enough to require surgery. So and in 1985, sorry, Ed, I don't know you. You probably don't like us bringing up your past, but you headbutt people, so we're talking about you. And then 1985, Horshawn pleaded no contest to a charge of simple battery stemming from a fight outside a sports bar in Louisiana. Uh, so, okay, case in point, Ed, I hope you're not around sports bars nowadays. You're coaching young men, and you, you got to stop choking people, dude. Please, Ed. Oh, my God. <laughs> I had I I had no idea that Orgeron ever did anything like that. But like honestly, I'm not really surprised that you bring up these stories of him uh, back in the day. I I feel like back in the day he was probably a lot more uh, lean, probably still extremely tough. Like you you can just hear it in his voice. It sounds like he's always got something stuck in his throat, and like his his throat is always so raspy, and his voice is. Like incredible, there's just something about him. Uh, well, I guess there are multiple things about him that make me bring up uh, being a tough coach. Now it, it's kind of solidified at this point with him headbutting people and uh, having uh, injuries be so bad to his victims that they have to get surgery. I mean, that's first of all, that's terrible. But secondly, also kind of tough. <laughs> so I had no idea that any of that ever happened to him. Um, definitely an interesting side note for you to bring up, Trevor. I'm, gl- I'm glad you did your research, man. Thank you, thank you. And moving on, Utah's head coach, Kyle Winningham. Michigan fans might remember him a couple years ago. Actually, a few years ago, it was the first game of Jim Harbaugh's Michigan coaching career. And that's another game, could have, should have, would have, Michigan should have won. And Ruddock threw like three or four ugly, ugly interceptions. And that was Jake's worst game. He was only better from there. But uh, point being, Kyle Winningham, this guy, you look at a picture of him. He wears this contraption. It's kind of like a utility belt. And he has, uh, I don't even know what the hell he has on it. It just, he looks like a villain from The Expendables. And uh, he looks like the guy that Sylvester Stallone's going to have to duke it out with at the end. They throw their guns down. And they just beat the crap out of each other. So that is a compliment to you, Mr. Winningham. You have tremendous strength. You were a pro linebacker. And you're a legend, man, in your own right. So hats off to you. You made the list of tough college coaches. I'm with you on P.J. Fleckman. He's a little guy, not the tallest guy. But guess what? That doesn't matter. Guys like that will bite your nose off when you don't expect it. Has a very pretty wife. Guess what? You insult his wife, he might have to kill you. He's the kind of guy, he's a respectable guy, a high-energy guy, but a very tough guy. And yeah, he does look pretty ripped. Looks like he could swim a mile in Lake Michigan or something. So watch out for P.J. Fleck in a fight. So, okay, we, we just named a few and uh, got to talk about Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh was a former NFL quarterback in an era that wasn't like what we see today, where the quarterback when you dive low on him, when you hit him with the crown of the helmet in the chest, when you hit him in the, the chin with your helmet, you're going to get a roughing the passer penalty and you might get a tremendous fine that is going to make you not want to do it again. So Harbaugh went up against some of the toughest dudes that ever played the game, and that's one thing. But uh, 
Vaughn, what, what do you think about Harbaugh? You, would you consider him one of the toughest? He's six foot three. He's getting older now. But uh, I got I got a few little stories myself, but I want to hear your general thoughts before I dive into those. Yeah, no, I, I, I think Harbaugh is a tough dude. Obviously, uh, you know, he loves milk. He loves his steak. Uh, kind of remains to be seen if he likes chicken or not. I'm, I'm kind of confused by that still. I, I, I don't know what to think about that anymore. But, uh, yeah, he, he's a tough dude. Like you said, pretty tall. Um, you know, he's a bigger guy than what he once was. But I, I, I still feel like uh, he would hold his own in a fight, I guess, just depending on who it was. I feel like Orgeron would probably kick his ass. But um, probably uh, uh, not many coaches that, that would, uh, you know, really just, you know, beat the daylights out of Harbaugh. I feel like he could hold his own for the most part. What do you say? Well, okay. For one, I hope Harbaugh does not hear this podcast. I, Jim, I love you. I, I hope you listen to every other podcast of ours, but Vaughn, you just set set up for a, a duel. Because if Harbaugh hears that somebody might kick his ass, Harbaugh might have to fly to Louisiana and have some bout for charity or something. So it could get ugly. This could get, uh, could get ugly. So I, I don't want to see that happen. Uh, I don't know, though. I think Harbaugh might, might have a good chance against Ed, although got to watch out for the headbutts as we came to find out. But, uh, okay, I got a few little tidbits for you that would indicate Harbaugh, you're going to have to really hurt him bad because in the AFC Divisional round back in the day, over 20 years ago, it was one of the coldest games on record. Harbaugh's the quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts at the time. And uh, they ended up winning the game. But Harbaugh, at one point, his left shoulder – he said, my left shoulder popped out a little bit, and I was coughing up blood. But after I coughed it all out, I felt better. And Harbaugh said that with a grin at the time. I actually was young enough, old enough, whatever you want to call it, to remember this game. But uh, I remember that on the sideline. Harbaugh just sitting on the bench, the air of this cold weather just coming out of his mouth. And then you're just seeing just blood gush. I'm not talking just a little bit. Like, this looks like, dude, you need to go to the emergency room. And I, I honestly never seen that since happen, especially to a quarterback. And yeah, he just spits up blood and then goes back in the game. They end up winning the game ten to seven. So that that that's tough. That's tough. I'm not saying that's fight tough, but uh, if you could do that, you probably could get busted up pretty good and keep going. And another thing of Harbaugh's playing career was, uh, and you don't see this too often. Even Cam Newton, in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, when there was a fumble on the ground, Cam Newton. The game was still in reach. He backed up from the fumble instead of diving on it. In a game against Dan Marino's led Dolphins, a fumble happened, and Harbaugh, he just jumped into the pile, and he said it, it was probably one of my proudest plays as a player to go into one of those piles. Half of the ball was able to work. He was able to work half the ball and uh, came up with it. He said it was like an arm wrestling match. He said he couldn't even lift up his arms after he goes, I was done because I was straining so hard to keep the leverage of the ball. Anyway, pretty cool. He said it's hard to live with yourself if you turn that down as a quarterback or any other position. He says there are some things that really bother a man all the way to, uh, to the rest of his life. So what, before we move on, I got a couple other things about Harbaugh, but what, what do you think about those two things? Has he gone up in your tough-a-meter? Yeah, that's, that, that's pretty badass. I, I didn't know those things about him either, so I – Got to give coach props where props are due, you know. Um, Those are, I mean, obviously I knew about, uh, you know, the the injury that he he had at U of M, but 
the specifics to all of that. I mean, that (laughs) incredible stuff by Coach Harbaugh. I I did not know all that. So definitely uh, uh, stepped up a notch in in my tough-a-meter. That's that's for that's for damn sure. Okay, now now we're gonna uh, transition into the Harbaugh coaching career era, which has been 14 years now. But uh, yeah, he, Harbaugh hasn't gone on the 50 yard line and punched anybody in the face, but he's gone to a couple tiffs. The first one, the notable one, would be Harbaugh as a coach at Stanford with Pete Carroll uh, against Pete Carroll's USC team, and Pete Carroll was known to run up the score on opponents, which, hey, that's fine. But uh, there was a time where the tide turned, and Harbaugh Stanford was kicking the daylights out of USC. And Harbaugh went for a two-point conversion towards the end of the game, and guess what? They converted it. Running back Toby Gerhardt, I believe, punched it in. And after the game, this became a famous little quote, Carroll walks up to Harbaugh, they shake each other's hands, and Carroll goes to Harbaugh, he goes, what's your deal? And Harbaugh just says back to him, he goes, what's your deal? And that was it. <laughs> Carroll was speechless, walked away. And uh, that that's alpha male aggression right there. That's a fight in itself right there. Fights aren't always with fists, they could be with words. And then uh, before we let it all go, uh, the famous handshake gate, Vaughn, are you a Lions fan? Let me ask you that real quick. Yes. Yes, I, I am a Lions fan. I know what you're going to uh, refer to, so go right ahead. Well, last year, Harbaugh admitted that, hey, you know, maybe I shouldn't have came in so aggressively with his handshake. But uh, during that game, this is Harbaugh's first season as NFL head coach. And Jim Schwartz, the head coach of the Lions at the time, yelled over at one point. He goes, uh, no, the effing rules, Harbaugh. And Harbaugh took exception to that and a couple other things. And the 49ers beat them in the waning minutes of that game. It was a very exciting game. And the Lions were a darn good team that year, went to the playoffs, and it get blown out by the Saints. But, uh, yeah, Harbaugh goes running running and jumping up and down, meets Schwartz at the 50-yard line, and with a, a, a strong skip and a hop, Harbaugh basically gives them a, a smack handshake and uh, grab him real hard, smacks him on the back, and Harbaugh went on his way. And uh, Schwartz, uh, he was a defensive back, I believe, in college, so he's not a, a wuss by any means. But Schwartz, he ran 40 yards after Harbaugh, and they're about chest to chest. And Harbaugh was saying, "Get out of my face!" And uh, some players had to separate it. But uh, yeah, Harbaugh, he, you know, he's been known to uh, to uh, not take any crap, and uh, I just think that's that's interesting. And uh, so. These little things, these little stories, when they all add up, you gotta say at the very least, Harbaugh seems like a kind of a tough guy. So, what do you what do you think about the handshake thing, Vaughn? Coming from a Lions fan's perspective, I I never really had a problem with it, honestly. I mean, he was fired up; they won. It was a really good game, neck and neck, uh, up to the very end of the game. Uh, obviously, he let his uh, emotions and excitement get to him. Jim Schwartz obviously let his emotions and uh, displeasing feelings get to him, and uh, when those two clash, that's kind of the result that you would expect. Um, so, I, I'm, like I said, I, I never really had a problem with it. I, I always thought that Jim Schwartz was kind of just being a big baby about the entire thing, if I'm being completely honest. So, 
Um, but yeah, I mean, that that's just another thing that shows how tough and uh, how, how much of a competitor uh, Jim Harbaugh really is, how much he cares about football. Now, going to transition to the last part about Harbaugh before we move on to Bayline, John Bayline versus somebody. And uh, I found an article from a couple years ago, and it's about Jim Harbaugh and Irvin Meyer, the Ohio State head coach, and the coach of Texas now, Tom Herman, at the time he was the coach of Houston. And on the Dan Patrick show, they asked who would win in a fight between Urban Meyer and Jim Harbaugh. And Tom Herman, here, here was his quote. He goes, yes, absolutely he could in reference to Urban Meyer. That's where my money would be. He would be the Vegas favorite. And so Herman was the offensive coordinator at Ohio State under Meyer from 2012 to 2014. Um, but, okay, so that's one thing. And then I'm reading the comments. And as I said, this is a two-year-old article, but uh, Meyer, some people are saying Meyer's psychology would get to Harbaugh and he'd win, blah, 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 blah. But honestly, man, the uh, more people are saying on this little thread that Harbaugh would lose. So I, I find that interesting. Meyer was a defensive back in college, and uh, I'm not going to call him a wuss by any means, but who do you got, Vaughn? I don't know, man. I, I, I've been thinking about this question back and forth. I I feel like this would be a pretty even fight if I'm being completely honest. Like you said, Meyer was a defensive back. Definitely a pretty tough dude. I, I wouldn't say that he's a soft guy by any means. Um, you know, he obviously very uh, – um, you know, he, he, he get he lets his excitement get to him from time to time as well. He doesn't show it like Harbaugh does, uh, specifically, but but he he's a pretty tough guy too. I, I, I would say um yeah, this would be a neck and neck match. Um but you know, me being a Michigan guy, I think I'm gonna have to go with Jim Harbaugh. I, I, I think that he uh given the track record of all the tough things that he did, all the things that we've already mentioned, I I, I feel like I feel like he would chug a gallon of milk and then just go right at him, and uh, uh, it would be close until the end, like uh, 2016 Michigan-Ohio State, but instead I, I think Urban Meyer would come up just short this time. Oh, I see what you did there. Urban was just short this time. Urban was just short. Catch that, Michigan fans. Vaughn with the humor today. Well done. So, so okay, here's what I think. Vaughn, do you remember this? Uh, last season or the season before, uh, Urban Meyer, they won. Obviously, Ohio State won. And at the press conference, Urban Meyer said, oh, my wife was calling me, uh, we need milk. And you just said, and now Meyer and his wife ended up saying after the fact, oh, we weren't trying to talk about Harbaugh. But as I said, Meyer, he majored in psychology. I'm not buying it, Urban. I don't believe you. I'm not going to call you a liar about everything in life. But on this issue of whether you lied about Jim Harbaugh or, or you joking about your wife calling you wanting milk, I'm calling you a liar. I'm saying this is planned to be a slight on Jim Harbaugh's love of milk. And you bask in the glory and you just had to rub it in. And I think Jim Harbaugh remembers this. He remembers this day. He remembers Meyer talking about the milk. And Harbaugh, because of that, I'm giving Harbaugh the advantage, among other reasons. Now, they're both from Toledo. They're both born in Toledo. They're both born in 1964. 
So the tail of tape, you got two former football guys, you got two coaches in the Big Ten. They're the same age. They were born in the same zip code. You've got the same astrology signs. So I'm not an astrology guy, but that's going to mean something to somebody. Some people go, oh, man, well, this is bound to be a dead heap. It's going to be a draw at the end because they're both born the same day in the same radius. But I don't believe that. I'm not an astrology guy. I think they were born in the same hospital, if I'm not mistaken. There you go, Vaughn. Same. That's what I meant. Same radius. <laughs> so exactly, man. So, uh, but no, honestly, they're older guys. I'm going to disagree here, Vaughn, just, just a bit. This is the first time in the history of Victor's Valiant we've disagreed to this point. I think this is going to be, that would be a short fight. Harbaugh's just aggression and prowess would overcome Meyer. And since they're becoming older now, it's just all about brute force, just getting to the point. There's not going to be much defense. It's going to be like a Rocky Four fight. It's just going to be haymakers and just, just meat getting hit by fists. And the, and the, the meat getting hit by fists is going to be the face of Urban Meyer in this, this case. But this is never going to happen. This is all hypothetical and, uh, that's full disclosure. This is just all for fun. But, uh, that's my prediction. And, uh, we want you to weigh in on this on the comments. Okay, fans, we, we want your voices to be heard. We want you to know what you think about this matchup and who you think the toughest coaches in college football are. So now we're going to transition into another bout that could be neck and neck between two older gentlemen. But we're going to go to college basketball in this case. You got John Beeline and you got Rick Pitino. This is the matchup I came up with. You got two guys who are around the same age. They're in their, their upper 60s. You got one guy who's all about class and doing things the right way. You got all lack of class by Rick Pitino and getting run out of the college basketball ranks and getting sanctioned and fined and fired and you name it. Why John Bayline is considered to be one of the cleanest coaches in college basketball. But Vaughn, who do you got in that matchup? Oh man, um, th- this would really be like two people from a retirement home uh, getting pissed off that one of uh, one of the other uh, coaches took the last of the uh, uh, of the rice pudding. I I don't really know what to uh, say about this one. This would be a really interesting uh, fight if this ever happened. Um, it, it really just comes down to who's going to throw out their hip first. And, uh, uh, you know, John Beeline, he, he just had heart surgery, so he's good to go on that front. I'm going to give the edge to Michigan Wolverines basketball head coach John Beeline. And uh, I, I feel like there won't be any, uh, uh, you know, issues with, with him uh, health-wise moving forward. But Rick Pitino, I don't know. I mean, we haven't seen him in a while. He could have gotten really fat in the time that, that the sanctions have happened, uh, you know, clogging up his arteries. Who knows? Um, so again, all hypothetical, like you said, but, but I, I think at the end of the day, John Beeline is going to be standing on top of that mountain with that last bowl of rice pudding. Now, this is another great matchup. They're both 65 years old. So, I mean, this is tail of tape stuff. To this, this is fair. Here we go. That's right. Get Sam Dodge on tail of the tape. Exactly. Yeah. Sam Dodge, write, write an article about this, but, uh, our, our good friend at Mason Brew, Sam Dodge, but. Yeah, I, I mean, here's the thing. I'm picking Beeline because of two things. Or no, more than that, but 
his his heart that's better than mine at 28 years old probably. We know John Beeline. He takes care of himself. He's a spry guy. He's always running around. Rick Pitino, you know, and I'm going to give him credit on this regard. Like you said, we haven't seen him for a while. He could be fat, but he just has that that mobster look to him, you know, to where uh can't trust him. He might fight dirty, man. Might fight dirty. He, he, we know he he's done some dirty things, covering some things up, denying it, and all that type of stuff. And actually, man, I looked at a recent picture of him. He looks pretty scary. He almost looks like Dracula. He he needs to get in a tanning bed again. I mean, I mean, it's unsightly. But okay. Yeah, he he's always been a little on the uh, pale side, kind of like a Count Dracula, like you mentioned. But but yeah, I would <laughs> I I can definitely see him looking a little more scary nowadays. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, kind of gross. I'm exiting out of that picture. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, Beeline, I think because he always stands for what's right, it's kind of like the untouchables, Elliot Nesford, Al Capone, to where the justice is going to overcome Beeline, and it's going to be a no-hold-barred match like in the WWE, and Beeline, Beeline might get his, his chair and pull a Bobby Knight. <laughs> Just kidding, but uh, no, I, I, I think he'd win. I think he'd win. I think Beeline's a tough guy, and he doesn't get enough credit. Uh, nationally in any regard he did this year because they went real far but uh i hope that continues for him it, in a serious note it's just a little unfortunate guys like rick patino they've made such a living off doing the wrong thing and uh it just shows you though you reap what you sow and in the end you'll be known for what you've done and karma can bite you in the butt on some regards and this did happen to patino but uh yeah, all in good fun, but John Beeline, you were the man, and we hope you're recovering well, and we wanted to throw this little topic in there just in case you're having a day where you're not feeling too good, and you see this random thing pop up on the computer screen. Myself versus Rick Pitino, I'd kick his ass. And then Beeline, he gets up off, off his couch, and he's re-energized for the season, and then he takes Michigan on another national championship run. Thanks to Vaughn and myself. Thanks to Mason Brew. So you're welcome, Mr. Beanline. You're welcome, Michigan basketball. We do what we can, when we can, how we can do it. So, uh, okay, that was fun, man. I don't know about you, but uh, that was some fun stuff, Vaughn. And uh, to end it, we got some new stuff coming on Mason Brew. We've had a lot transpire on Mason Brew that has been really, really pleasant and provide a lot of insights for our readers and viewers. And we thank you for coming along to Mason Brew, but uh, Ron, you want to fill the, fill the listeners in? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how I can uh, you know, top what we just talked about. That was a great conversation we just had. Yeah, thank you for the listeners for for uh, uh, listening to all of our podcasts and, and our depth chart previews and everything that's going to come on Victor's Valley and Mason Brew, but but this week on uh, Mason Brew, we've got uh, some pretty good material for you guys, some good content. We've got some, some more uh, positional previews for you guys, more in-depth uh, things, uh, more predictions on uh, specific positions. We've got quarterbacks that we're going to talk about. We got safeties, got offensive line, defensive line. So we we got some good stuff coming uh, this upcoming week for more positional preview stuff. Transitioning away from uh, the team previews that uh, uh, the teams that Michigan plays in uh, 2018 uh, went through all of those. Um, and I am just so ready for the season to start, man. I mean, I, 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 I tell myself every day, you know, I'm, I'm closer, uh, I'm one day closer to college football being back. It's one thing that I look forward to every year. 
I just love being able to sit down on a Saturday, kick back on the recliner, grab a beer, grab whatever, uh, just enjoy some college football, some Michigan football. I am incredibly excited, and we've got some great content coming on the podcast, on the website with these previews, and uh, we're going to have a lot more for you once the season begins to roll out. Trevor, uh any parting words for uh, for our listeners? Yeah, um, if you're gonna get in a fight, make sure you win. That, that's all I got for you. Like, like, it, like, like, don't get a black eye because you're gonna go to work and it's gonna look bad. Make sure the other person goes to work looking bad. But uh, don't get in a fight. That that's my advice. Don't get in a fight. Be nice to people. Road rage is stupid. Don't you agree, Von? Road rage is stupid, and there's a lot of it in. Uh, there's a lot of it in the Detroit area. The traffic can be bad. No road rage. Don't do that. Just be nice. Give people hugs. Tell your parents you love them. And uh, uh, leave the fighting to other people. So people like Vaughn, myself, and yourself, if you're listening, and just sit back and laugh at them because uh, it's not worth it usually. What do you think, Vaughn? Yeah, totally with you. I, I've, I've never personally been in a fight myself, knock on wood. Never really want to be in a fight. Um, I'm, I've always been more of a lover, not a fighter. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely agree. Road rage is stupid, especially around Metro Detroit. It's awful. Um, you know, the traffic can be awful, but, but, uh, but yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, it's not worth it most of the time. So these are all hypothetical of what we just said. We'd never expect any of this to happen. I uh, just want to throw that disclaimer out before we, uh, stop recording here. Yeah. And, uh, I think we've done a public service to, to, you know, just say love one another. So uh, we've done we, we've done what we can today to brighten this thing called Earth. And uh, I want everybody to just sing some songs of peace and love. And until next time, on Victor's Valiant, signing off. I'm Trevor Woods. You heard from Vaughn. We love you guys, and we'll see you next time on Victor's Valiant.